Welcome. This is Jamie. And this is Donna. And this is episode number 47 of the Circa 71 podcast for the week of March 2nd, 2021. Coming up on today's show, Harmongous barges continue to invade World Showcase Lagoon. The Tomorrowland Transit Authority, People Mover Reopening is delayed. I'm shocked uh, too. Again. Yeah, again. <laughs> Some friendly faces are returning to Hollywood and slime. I mean, Vaughn. And, <laughs> and in our main segment, we analyze animation courtyard at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is the Circus 71 podcast. Special shout out to new listeners, Tim and Jen. Tim and Jen were complete strangers up until April 1999. However, they were both avid Disney pin collectors. Tim's favorite pin was his Twilight Zone Tower of Terror pin. Jim, Jen's favorite was of the brand new Epcot attraction, Test Track. It was a Wednesday in Magic Kingdom when Tim and Jen both met, or as I'm told, bumped into each other because they were each looking at their favorite pin. The pins fell on Main Street and each picked up the other's pin. Tim and Jen both loved the other's pin so much that they decided to do a swap, and that was how pin trading got started. Disney rolled out the pin trading program in October of that year, and Tim and Jen are now married, living in Clearwater, Florida, with a combined 468 pins. True story, Donna. Only 468? Hmm. Well, they, they like the premium versions. All right, Donna, several interesting uh, news items this week in housekeeping. I think we're going to have some interesting discussions, that's for sure. Let's go ahead and start with the um, six-story one that <laughs> is uh, invading the middle of World Showcase Lagoon. The six-story tall Harmonious, or the Harmongous Barges, the centerpiece ring has arrived on World Showcase Lagoon um, at Epcot. This uh, giant most circle, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> ring. Circle-esque. Yeah, circle-esque. Not a full uh, 360 degrees. Um, has been rolled out to the... Rolled. See what you did there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, to the somewhat center of the lagoon, um, I guess. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting one, to, to say the least. This really looks bad. Um, and And... I don't like commenting too much on construction that's ongoing because, you know, we don't know what the end will look like. But I don't think there's enough water in the lagoon for the fountains to make this look good. Couple thoughts. So let's start with the obvious. It is an eyesore. I mean, you talk about sight lines in Epcot and it's it's just when you're looking at all across the lagoon, it's just there. <laughs> every few possible it is just there for something that i would imagine is only going to be used once a night right one show we're, we're guessing yeah and the other thing about this particular ring which we are fairly confident in saying it's going to be a, a new technology water projection screen it's right. not going to be a physical leds like the other barges um it, it it can it, it as far as I know doesn't rotate in a circle. It, it's going to stay as is. So if you want to see that screen, 
you got to be on the American side or the um, oh, Donna, help me. Like the port, entrance, of, like port of entry, port of entry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, side. You're not going to be on on the other flanks, or you're not going to see what's on that screen. That that's the part that's kind of a little bit confusing to me, unless maybe the other LED barges show the same image. I, I'm not really sure. So it has a similar, but the ones at Universal Orlando are not nearly as big, but a similar look as the water projection screens that they have used over there for the cinematic spectacular since 2012, maybe 13 when that started. So it looks kind of similar to that, but it's just the, the size that, that it will permanently be there. When you think back to their, their last show, well, two shows ago their long last long running show illuminations they would actually raise a drawbridge uh, and they would bring those those barges in including the big giant globe late afternoon and kind of prepare the lagoon for the show like get get the pyrotechnics ready everything like that but in the majority of the day that stuff not was not out so that was kind of what i was thinking in my head like why in the world are they installing something so huge that will permanently be there when they obviously had the ability in the past to bring it in and take it out it just i don't know jim yeah it's it's interesting actually that you brought up universal because for the that cinematic spectacular whatever it was called those screens actually raised and lowered they weren't correct that permanent height um i mean this to me just seems like a money thing it was easier to just dock them in the center and uh, i mean at least they're gonna center ish center ish because they are it is off centered. that was gonna be my third point so continue (laughs) which is sorry to step on your toes but i mean it's just and i've actually seen pictures donna that from the um the the structure that's close to the lagoon um in japan um okay. not not the pagoda the um oh i forget what they're called but the thing that's actually in the lagoon um okay. where the uh flower and garden um topiary dragon is you can right. look through that look through the harmongous ring <laughs> and see the ugly show building for guardians of the galaxy cosmic rewind all in one Perfect. shot it's like good Let's destroy as many potential sight lines as possible. I mean, we are talking about a park that was so meticulously planned that one of the reasons the Morocco Pavilion is the color it is, is to match, well, I guess I should say the reverse. One of the reasons Tower of Terror is the reason it is, is to match the colors of the Morocco Pavilion. So when you're looking across World Showcase Lagoon, you think in your sight line, it's all the same stinking thing. Right. That's when sightlined and all that stuff actually matter, uh, which seemingly doesn't anymore. I, I mean, this, all I have to say is this show better be amazing for <laughs> all, like, I, I want to really say the hassle, um, you know, of these, like it, just having them permanently out. I, I got to give them, I guess, some credit for at least trying to hide it with some fountains. Um, I mean, I don't know how that's going to look, but (laughs) it really, it's a shame because it really destroys the forced perspective, especially of of the American um, 
pavilion where it looks much grander, much bigger um, than it is. And I know the American pavilion is cut off a little bit with the American gardens theater. Um, but you still see, you know, the top half, the one that the part that actually would normally stand out. So right. man, this show better, better be good. It, it can't be another Epcot forever. <sighs> Stop ripping that show. I actually liked it. I enjoyed the music. I thought some of it was a bit disjointed, but I mean, we were there for the first night that that debuted, and some of the kites didn't work, so that was kind of a little <sighs> so bad. So, anyways, why don't you? Uh, we'll leave the harmongous barges alone for now. So, for now, go ahead and uh, take our second story. All right. So this next one is big and interesting and i'm sure jamie and i will both have some uh, unique thoughts on this one so in a sort of quiet manner the policy has been updated to state the following and this is on the dining reservations pages the face mask policy i'm so sorry yes the face mask policy so it says before you dine at walt disney world resort please be aware that you'll need Face coverings for each guest age two and up, which must be worn in all public areas and can only be removed while actively eating or drinking. So that piece has pretty much always been there. We've talked about this a million times, you know, while actively eating and drinking, you can't walk around the park while eating or drinking. This is the part that becomes very interesting. Face coverings must be worn while standing, waiting, or sitting in dining locations. So, Jane, every single meal that we've had at Walt Disney World Resort since they reopened in July, every single table service meal, the host or hostess has walked us to the table, said, hey, you know, here, here's your seats. They talked to us about, you know, do you know how to access um, our, our online menu? And they showed us, you know, the QR code that we can scan. And then the next thing out of their mouth has been, and feel free to take your face coverings off at this time. Every single host or hostess has said that. Usually, Anthony takes his off right away because he hears that he's allowed to. If Anthony pulls at mine or says, Mama, take your mask off, I will. But I usually keep it on until I've ordered. But once I've ordered, I'm taking the, the face covering off. You know, I'm, I'm sitting at the meal because the drinks come very quickly, usually at Walt Disney World after you've ordered. Um, I'm sitting there and, and, you know, enjoying my meal. And then if I get up to use the restroom or if I take Anthony to the restroom, we put our face coverings back on and we go do that. But I don't put it back on until we are getting up to leave. And there are reports coming in, of course, not anything Disney official, that people are being told, not only do you need your face covering on when you are ordering your food, which is kind of what I was alluding to that I do most of the time, but also, you know, if you are done eating, like I eat much quicker than Andrew does, that I would need to put my face covering back on and wait for him to finish. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I could see people... You know, if the if it's done in the best interest of the cast members, you know, specifically the servers, if if you know they felt uncomfortable because as soon as people got to the table, they they took their face masks off and they came over, you know, to take the order and nobody had their their mask on. I, I have really no issues with that. You know, I, I think if they're going to clarify that more and have encourage people and require people um, to do that while ordering, I. I I'm okay with that. I think that's courteous to the, to the cast member. Um, and I, I really don't have any issues with it. Wh- and what I don't understand is how literal they're talking. 
right is it you know because because we had the the conversation via text where you know you had mentioned you know if, if you're holding your glass what does that qualify as you know to me that that's not a literal definition of actively drinking but otherwise then you know are you putting a mask on in between every bite that just doesn't seem like it's in the spirit of the rule, if that sort of makes sense. I just, I don't know. And I think in trying to clarify, they really need to clarify some more because I think it actually leads to more um, confusion. And there's two reasons, Donna, I think it's important for us to kind of try and figure out maybe why this clarification came excuse me, choking, when it did. (laughs) Um, I think there's two potential reasons. One might be that Disney's looking to increase capacity at the restaurants and letting more people in. And I think the second, and I've read a lot of this online very anecdotally, um, that people were almost using it as an um, unapproved relaxation station. Like you said, you know, people um, would finish their meal and still sit another 20 minutes, half hour with their masks off if everybody at the table was done. So it became almost a relaxation station where, you know, people were mask free. Um, So I could totally see that as being plausible um, as well. Couple thoughts on this one. So my first initial thought is, okay, I understand if we're doing this for the cast members. And like you said, I do think, you know, asking folks, you know, instead of the host or hostess saying, okay, you know, now you may take your mask off, you know, please keep your mask on until you order from your server, at which point in time you can go ahead to remove your masks. Totally a million percent cool with that. Because like you said, it's, it's a safety thing for the cast members. If it's because they are going to be adding more, um, uh, Inventory is not the right word. Availability, I guess. People? Yeah. Okay. If they're going to be adding more people to the space, <laughs> sure, we'll go that route. Um, that Inventory, okay I love it. I mean, that I'm not as okay with because even if you're going to say that someone has to put their face covering back on, you know, between sips of their drink, there are still times when I have, I'm shoving food in my mouth and someone who's now sitting a lot closer to me will be shoving food in their mouth. And one of us could very easily cough, cough or sneeze or whatever that could still transmit, you know, potential contagions. So that I'm less okay with. So I do wish that there would be some clarification there. The second comment that I will make is while we are trying to tighten, potentially tighten mask policies at dining locations, we are turning around and telling people that we are opening Blizzard Beach a week from today, today being Sunday the 28th, and it's opening on March 7th. And you are not allowed to wear any sort of face covering when you are in line or on a water ride. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's certainly valid. And, and I agree with your point um, about I, I, I didn't want to forget that um, uh, about increasing capacity. It would surprise me a little bit if Disney's going to do that, because I think at the restaurant, they're, they're probably at a capacity that they feel comfortable with, um, you know, at this point in time with with taking tables out of service and making sure everybody's six feet away. Um, I just, I don't think Disney set it up and, and correct me if, if I'm wrong, Donna, but it just seems like they wouldn't start with 
tables, you know, everybody's 20 feet away and ramp up like they are on attractions. Is that a fair statement? Jamie, I don't know. Okay. Because if you would have asked me a couple of weeks ago, if I thought that, and I know this is probably, it's the next story, so I don't feel like I'm ruining anything, that test track would be loading both both rows in the car, I would have said no way. And now okay. they are. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know where the line breaks of profit versus caution. And I, I just don't know the answer to that because they are still not cracking down on making people wear the stupid mask. I've seen more times than I can count people wait until they're pulling or pulling out of the station on something like big thunder, put the mask, as you say, like a chin strap. And then the second we slow down and come back to the station, put it back on. There are so many ways that Disney could monitor for that. Have a supervisor at the exit, have the supervisor address it with the family, make them touch all their magic bands to an iPad stating that they understood that they now had to have their masks on. And then if it happens again, they should be escorted out of the stupid park. Because that is the only way, once they do this consistently, fairly, effectively, that is the only way you're going to get people to follow the rules and keep other people safe. So if we start there, start with attractions, making people wear their face coverings, then I wouldn't care as much about them loading both wheels of test track. I wouldn't care as much about, you know, X, Y, Z different things. But that's what kind of rubs me the wrong way, that they're not following through with the policy in general, and then they're going to, you know, make it stricter at a restaurant when you should be able to have your face covering off. Right. My 10 cents. No, 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 absolutely valid. I, I don't have any, you know, real disagreements with, with anything that, that you said, you know, expect it, it's, and I mean, you, to a certain extent, you can make a point, you know, transmission wise, you know, a, um, you know, restaurant would be have a higher likelihood than a potential outdoor ride than test drive. Yeah, I get it to a certain extent, but transmission is transmission as well. Um, right. So if you're going to make an area tighter in a restaurant, follow through on your same policy that you have for a, a, an attraction. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, yeah, the the th- Blizzard Beach is going to be an interesting one to see what happens there because Volcano Bay did. Did, that reopened originally with Universal's reopening, right? Correct. And then very quickly closed. And I think that actually reopened today, Jamie. Let me Google real quick. It, it, uh, it might have been yesterday as we're recording. I think it was yesterday, the 27th. It might have been today. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, you know, Blizzard Beach will, will reopen. And, and that's going to be an interesting one as well. That, um, you know, to see how how that happens, because you, you're specifically told you have to remove your, your face coverings while, you know, riding the, the water slides. Yep. So it reopened yesterday. You're 100% right. The 27th. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. Interesting to see how this moves on uh, or how this going forward you know, kind of, kind of looks because it's, it's definitely a change in language. And, you know, it, like I said, if it, it's the, to benefit the, the cast member and, and people were using this as an unofficial, you know, relaxation station. And if it helps Disney turn tables where people aren't just hanging out without their masks, that I don't have a problem with either. And in general, that's so obnoxious, whether it's because you are relaxing with your mask off or just being a turd. If you're done eating, 
leave pay your bill and leave because you're taking money away from the server at that point so if anyone would do that we apologize for me calling you a turd but don't be a turd (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) no no, we're usually in and out pretty quickly but that'll be one on one of our uh future episodes of don't do this or we dislike these <laughs> yes. people that's uh, yes. the, the dining turds so that's good <laughs> be a uh, social fatty not a dining turd <laughs> you know what as a matter of fact i on your uh on my mom's cricket machine i may make that uh quote now <laughs> Um, so anyways, Donna, you kind of alluded to this and, and said this earlier um, with our third news story this week. Test track is now boarding every row with no dividers between guests um, at Epcot. Pretty, you know, previously you were, you know, basically in the ride yourself. Um, queue is still physically distanced. There are still plastic dividers in the... Um, preload area i guess is what you would call that um where you have have your tap your magic band for the amazing car that you designed pre-covid of course um but previously only one party per car now up to i keep choking i don't know what's wrong with me now up to (laughs) two parties um can share a car um as well obviously a way to try and boost capacity you know, try and cut down the, the wait times. Um, you know, test track was a ride or is a ride that, that had some pretty significant wait times. Um, and you know, this is kind of that tricky balance of what do we do with safety versus, um, you know, trying to, to enhance guest experience with a lower wait time. So the same exact week, that Epcot, because, you know, I'm just talking Epcot now, same park, uh, decides they're going to load both rows on test track. They change the loading system, design, layout, whatever word you want to use, at Figment. So it used to be rows one through eight on the ground. And then there were, for each ride vehicle, the front row would hold three, the back row would hold four. So there'd be three little number ones on the ground, then four little number twos. Three little number threes on the ground, then four little number fours, indicating which row you were going to sit in. Pre-COVID, they would tell you, okay, you're row three, the next time would be row four, or you're row three and four, you know, whatever. So post-COVID, with the reopening, they are setting it up so that they always have a row separating folks. So if the very first family that they put in the first car fills both rows, they put that family in row one and two, and then the next car, they only seat the back row. The car the car for that, they only seat the back row, blah, 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 blah. If not, it's always the front row. It's, it's literally like it's been a little bit different every time, but there's always been that, that row gap. Last time we went, last week, instead of the numbers, the, the little circle dots on the floor, and instead of a cast member telling you the number, they would say front row number one, back row or fr- front row number two or back row number two. And people were effing it up left and right. We saw a group of three bigger girls get told to go in row number, I believe it was five, which would be the front row. Two of them got in five. The other girl gets in six. They go to shut the doors and they're like, you have to sit in the front with them because they didn't leave the gap behind. And because they weren't able to say all three of you in row five, they just said car number three they it just it's just stupid so anyway i I don't know if i explained that well but my point is that the same week they load every single row of test track they make it clear that they will not be loading every single row of figment anytime soon 
interesting. I wonder if it has to do, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out logically why that would be, and maybe the speed of the attraction. I don't even really. But when it rotates to face the screen so that you're, instead of riding this facing forward, it rotates so everyone's kind of sideways, you can reach out and touch the vehicle next to you. Right. It's not physically distant at that point. Right. I mean, I don't know, James. Oh yeah, I, my never mind. My 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 point didn't make sense. Um, although it was funny when you were describing it, uh, it was a slight slip. You said uh, post COVID. <laughs> like, oh man, I didn't no. know we were there already. <laughs> I wish wishful thinking, but yeah, I, I I think it really comes down to if the guests and I know it's a big if, but you you have to give me this. If the guests are all behaving, if all the masks are on appropriately, I don't really see the dividers as overly necessary. Totally agree. Again. The problem is it's such a big if. Go ahead. Right. No, no. And that's the thing. If Disney actively sought out the people who are not following the rules and kicked enough of them out, people would stop doing it. People would start understanding they have cameras and all the attractions, which they do. Mm-hmm. Literally, they are watching you everywhere. They know what you're doing. They know if your face covering is off. If Disney got serious about that piece, that follow-up piece, and like like I said, how hard would it be to have them tap okay this is your one this is your one verbal warning you have to tap your magic man here saying that you um are uh, acknowledging that this is your one verbal warning and if we have to speak to you again you'll be asked to leave the park so that they can say there's a date and time stamp that this happened they were given the warning then they chose to do it again bye-bye for now so once they start doing that which i don't think would be that terribly hard and i don't think they'd even get bad press about it i think they'd get very very positive press for it then people are going to start doing what they're supposed to be doing. Then I feel like it'd be way more safe to even forget about, like, I mean, maybe not forget about social distancing at all, but maybe on the ride vehicles, like maybe keep the space still in lines, but on the ride vehicles, just fill them, just fill them. Right. No, I, I, I totally agree. The, the only thing I disagree with is actually giving people a second chance. I, I mean, you, you sign all these COVID waivers. There's a frames all over the place. There's announcements every 15 minutes. I say it's a one-strike policy. That'll really send a message. And the craziest thing to me is if, like you said, what really the, the fundamental scare factor would be people want to piss and moan about all the money with Disney tickets and everything like that. Do you really want to get thrown out of a park that you paid a hundred? $25 to be in because you don't want to wear your $4 mask. Yeah. It's it's crazy to me. And I like you said, I totally agree. If if Disney would come and and set that statement and start kicking people out, word would spread. And you know, that would be it. But the, the other problem is there's always some ridiculous sob story and, oh, Disney's heartless and, and, you know, with kicking people out. No, this is a hard and fast rule. You're on their property. It's private property. You know, if they want you to come in with wearing a pink midriff and pumps, that's the yeah. only way you're getting in. 
Which Don, I, I think I would look great in on a side note. I mean, stellar. <laughs> so, anywho, why don't you take our next uh, next story here as we kind of wrap? We can go through the next ones relatively quickly. Sure, man. <laughs> Just like it won't take us that long to talk about Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. So this next story is interesting, maybe a little bit exciting, um, odd, depending on how it goes. <laughs> Disney's Vacation Club Villas at Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa are set to reopen on May 2nd of this year. As some folks might remember, the Disney Vacation Club properties here at Walt Disney World Resort opened before the theme parks opened, but not that much before. So thinking about this announcement in Disneyland, it kind of makes you wonder, will there be a park reopening announcement coming how will this look is it going to work because i honestly and i think i can speak for jamie here i did not think disneyland theme parks would reopen this calendar year no i i mean there's been push and a vote for la county orange county um whatever uh, i know by the city of anaheim as well to get um, bigger theme parks like um, Disneyland, DCA, even the Universal Hollywood um, in the, I think it's the tier three. So moving them up a group um, with also smaller theme parks um, because they were originally in, in the most restrictive bracket um, with uh, Governor Newsom's um, reopening plan. So I'm not 100% sure if that, if there were, at this point have come to a conclusion about that. Um, but it is interesting to see that maybe they are trying to move uh, Disneyland opening up. Cause I agree with you, Don, if it was what it was previously, I mean, they would have been lucky to reopen in 2021. Well, remember the villas were actually slated to reopen last December and Correct. that got getting scrapped. It so is I mean, uh, deja, vu, deja vu. Well, I was just gonna say, I guess it's possible. I mean, it's, it's, not even well tomorrow i guess is march the first for us here recording on the 28th but there's still time for it to be scrapped i guess uh but for now at least slate it for may 2nd which is it's exciting it's exciting to hear i'm excited for the cast members out there this is a good thing no i i totally agree and uh you know it's it's funny things seem to have a an opening date that gets delayed it's a pretty good segue into our next story. Uh, I am so sad about this, for the record. When you text me, I knew you were laughing, but I was crying. Uh, the uh, Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover refurbishment surprisingly extended into April at the Magic Kingdom. It is now reopening, and I'm using air quotes, reopening, <laughs> April 3rd, 2021. Um, as we've covered previously, the People Mover... Uh, originally went down for refurbishment prior to uh, the park's closing for refurbishment. Uh, it is getting close to being down um, for a year because the People Mover first closed in early uh, March of 2020. And this one's kind of super interesting um, because they ha we have seen pictures of uh, cast member training for the People Mover. We've seen tests and even people riding uh, not regular guests, but um, test <laughs> dummies. Test, <laughs> <Guess> pe <laughs> test people. <laughs> people that are going to be on uh, our new listener segment next week. <laughs> um, 
but uh, this one came, I think, as slight more, um, slightly more surprising than any of the previous delays, um, just because we had seen cast member testing, which is usually a huge sign, um, as well as the Astro Orbiter Q um, being redesigned. So I, I just hope this, this reopens, because this is sort of that cult classic. I um, love this attraction. It's awesome. Love it. Um, so I'm hopeful that with it being a significant time gap between today's date and that announcement, they didn't push it two weeks. They pushed it until early April. I'm hopeful that they're like, all right, we're going to make one for announcement and darn on it, we're going to get it done for them. We're going to make this happen. So I'm hopeful that for your birthday and Andrew's birthday, we'll be good to go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether the People Mover or the Walt Disney World Railroad reopens first. Oh, you stop it. <laughs> Go ahead, finish us up with uh, our last story. Disney Junior Character Breakfast returns to Hollywood and Vine at Disney's Hollywood Studios. So this one is interesting to me for a couple of different reasons. Right now, there are very few options for breakfast with characters. Jamie, please correct me if I'm wrong, as I know you will, but I believe it's just Chef Mickey's and Topolino's right now. Is that correct? I'm sorry, you said for breakfast? Breakfast with characters, yes. Um, I believe that's correct garden grill doesn't do breakfast correct? no because they're not open till 11 till 11 okay they did previously but with the opening time at 11 no yeah i want to say that that's it, it then okay so then this will be the third option for character dining for breakfast i have to say i got really excited when um I saw that this was coming back because Anthony is really in to these Disney Junior characters now. Whereas a year ago, he would have walked right by Vampirini. He would have walked right by Doc McStuffins and not given them a second look. He gets so excited when he hears, there's a Disney do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. I clearly don't know the words because I haven't heard it 1,800 times. But that's the music that blasts through the park when their cavalcade, it's Vampirina and Doc McStuffins, is co- and who's the other one, Andrew? Fancy Nancy? Fancy Nancy. When they're coming down the road, he gets so excited. Like He's like, Mama, Mama, let's go over there. Let's watch. Vampirina's coming. Doc McStuffins com- is coming. And we pull over to the side of the road. He waves. He blows them kisses. He loves it so much. So I'm super, super, super excited. This is reopening. We're going to look to grab this for our on-property stay in May, and I'm super excited. It's going to be all you care to enjoy, um, similar to what we experienced at Chef Mickey's for which was excellent um so i'm i've got high hopes i think it's gonna be cool um yeah no i i i I, correct me if i'm wrong donna the all you care to enjoy i thought was just the pancakes or is it the whole menu i thought everything else was an was an entree except for the pancakes was all you care to enjoy but i may have read that wrong well i guess we're gonna see once it reopens <laughs> yeah no that, that's for sure I, I don't even know if they've posted the menu um on yet but no mm-hmm. I, I, march aiden, 22nd it's slated to reopen okay yeah aiden and peyton are, are also really enjoy the disney junior characters that lately peyton's obsession other than having to listen to um how far i'll go during every meal is um saying doc doc 
she wants to watch Doc McStuffins. Fence. Yeah. So at first, Jacob um, Neverland Pirates kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but the more I, that Anthony wants to watch it, the more I see like they really do talk about teamwork and things like that. It's just the end song when the weird two guys come on with like the weird teeth and like just scruffy looking, singing the odd little song they sang. That's what I'm like. Oh, this is very strange. But the cartoon part of Jake is really cute. Okay, yeah, we haven't gotten into Jake and, and Neverland um, Pirates as of yet. Um, but I was just trying to look through the um, menu, and it doesn't look like it's actually saying anything. You're clearly going to have to watch, at least like pull it up on Disney Plus, and then go to like the, the 20th minute of the 24 and just watch it from there, because you, ha- you have to see it. It's, <laughs> it's very odd. All right, I will. Um, I will check it out. But no, I think uh, for our June trip, this may may be on the list as well, just because I think Aiden and Paint would really enjoy that. So I yeah, can. I'm I'd rather do the uh, the pancakes than uh, you know the regular food for dinner. So we shall. Oh, see. you should do it for both meals because dinner is the like the, the Fab Five, well ish. Yeah, yeah, we could. Yeah, we'll see. But nevertheless. That wraps it up for housekeeping. Let's take a quick break and come back and discuss Animation Courtyard at Disney's Hollywood Studio. And we are back. (laughs) Stole my line. And we are back. Um, Segment four, seemingly of five, is done. And we have the fifth segment scheduled for in a couple of weeks uh we're gonna take a look girl misses one line on one very long (laughs) animation courtyard in disney's hollywood studios not many attractions um but there are some things that we will um be talking about today uh should we go in number order donna Whatever makes you happy. (laughs) All right. We are going to break up Walt Disney Presents into two separate attractions because that is how it's listed on the park guide map that we have. Um, Walt Disney Presents the Gallery and Exhibits. And I'm just going to quickly read from the guide map. Explore a showcase of the past and future of the Walt Disney Company and Disney Parks. Donna, your thoughts. So in previous segments, we've talked about how not every attraction needs to be the super headliner attraction. We've talked about how there is a place for different things and how we would miss them if they were gone. This is one attraction that I hope never leaves Walt Disney World. It is a place that I love to go and walk around. When Andrew and Anthony go do Star Tours, which I would puke on as we've kind of covered here in the last few episodes, I go in there and I walk around and I swear I read something new that I haven't read the last time. Every single time I go in there, it is a beautiful gallery of um, photographs and even items um, from, from the archives and from Walt Disney's life. And it is just a really, really cool place for a true Disney fan to just kind of geek out a little bit. I, I think this is fantastic. My favorite part, of of this sort of walkthrough attraction i guess you would say is when they have the models you know scale um maquettes i think is the word you know of tower of terror or 
um, Disneyland Park or the Jungle Cruise I've seen in there before. I think that stuff is, and when they had the Toy Story Land display, I think that stuff is super, super cool. Um, I like that, you know, when Toy Story Land was being built, they had that in there. And then when it opened, they took it out and, and put, you know, Galaxy's Edge model in there. Um, I don't think it gets updated enough um, to get sort of that repeat, I guess, visitors. Not that everybody would, would flock there daily, but um, I think it's cool. It, it's interesting. I, I, I love, Donna, that you said um, you'd be sad if it left Walt Disney World. I actually think this almost is in the wrong park. Like, I think this would be cool as an attraction on Main Street. I think that w- would be really, really cool if they ever just demolished, you know, this this building to to further expand the park. Um, that I would be okay with. Um, one little detail about this that I really love is the addition of the signage with the neon that they did. I think looks super, super cool, and I really love that '40s Hollywood look. Yeah that Hollywood studios has. So I think it's, it's super cool at night, even though it's usually not open at night. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, overall, I, I think for what it is, it's, it's well done. And there is so much stuff in that space. It's kind of what I alluded to when I talked about how, you know, you can see something different each time. It's not that you walk through and, you know, there's a piece here and then five feet later, there's another piece. It is just, there's, it's just that cool. If you've not stopped in that space, it's worth it. Even if you're not, well, you're not listening to us, likely. If you're not a mega Disney fan, but <laughs> it's definitely worth your time to walk through um, and really experience that kind of walk in Walt's walk in Walt's footsteps, which is a perfect transition to the next. Oh, you know what? We need to give ratings. Yeah. Sort of the point of the segment. I know, but um, I don't want to rate it because I don't want to either sound ridiculous or underrate it because it's, it is really cool. I, I think we got to be fair. We have to be objective. And, and I go by what, you know, what would I rather do? You know, even though I, I can't rate it for what it is, because if I rated it for what it is, I'd probably say something like a seven or an eight. And that's, I think, way too high. So for what it is, I'm going to give it um, a four. Ooh. No, I can't. Because we've talked about before, like, I gave Star Tours a a really high rating because it is really stinking cool that you have different ride experience. There's 21 different scenes and da-da-da, blah-blah-blah. But I don't like it. So would I rather do this or Star Tours this? What am I going to rate higher? Star Tours. So I think I have to give this, I think I have to give this a six because I think for what it is, I think it's fantastic. All right. You talked me into a five, but I can't go any higher than that. You talked me into a five. All right. Fair enough. Um, So on the sort of the back end, um, almost the exit, and we should mention, Donna, this is also where they have set up the Mike and Sully meet and greet in Walt Disney Project. It's currently not operational right but yes and i cannot wait until that comes back because during the closure anthony really got into um mike wazowski like he loves mm-hmm. he carries little mike doll around so cannot wait for that to come back and the the back end where that theater is it sometimes will preview films that are going to be coming out so sometimes it'll be like oh like I, I remember the first time we um went back in there for that was a preview of incredibles too 
and right. Anthony watched most most of it with like these big wide eyes because that was so long ago. And he's like, "What's you know, like what's going on?" and everything like that. Um, but when it is the tribute film, which is called Walt Disney One Man's Dream, I go in there. I probably know most of the words that Julie Andrews is is stating, and I get teary eyed every time. I think it's just so well done and such a nice but short little story of Walt's life. Yeah, I wish the One Man's Dream was the permanent show there and yeah. they found some other space. Like what they did with um, the, the Mickey Shorts. That Correct. theater could have been used to promote all the new films. Nobody would have cared about the the Mickey Shorts or even knew that was a potential option. I, I just, I wish it was permanently, you know, the Walt Disney Theater was about Walt Disney and the One Man's Dream film um, as opposed to constantly in and out. I think the problem becomes, James, realistically, when you go in and it's Walt Disney Theater, One Man's Dream, maybe it's a third of the way full. When it's a preview of a Disney movie, that theater is pretty darn full. Yeah, but I think both can exist. I don't think you have to have one or the other. Yeah, fair. Would be. But anyways, that's just my thinking with it. Um, uh, This one, I, I... I'm less thrilled about the film, especially if it's a preview. Um, if it's a preview, I'd probably even drop it down to like a three. But no, I'll we, have it to, we have to rate it based on what's on the map, right? Because it says watch a tribute to Walt Disney and Walt Disney One Man's Dream. Okay, in that case, I will give it a four. You're wrong. <laughs> Anyway, um, this also gets a six, but I would love to give it a seven. But because she said four, I can't say seven. So it'll average to a five. All right. That's fair enough. Um, (laughs) So let's go to, I think, Donna, before we started recording, we actually forgot this because it's not listed on this map because it's currently not running. Voyage to the Little Mermaid. Yeah, I actually, I... It's written down. It's right here. If you read my chicken scratch, I was going to ask you at the end if we were going to discuss it. So Voyage to the Little Mermaid, Jamie and I have both discussed a lot in the past that it's just such a nice little stage show from the second you get into the pre-show room and you feel like you are like in the, that nautical land with you know all, all the the boat pieces and, and oh just it's just so stinking cool to when you walk into the theater and the, the rain effects and um you know making you feel like you're going under the sea and the puppetry and it's just one of the neatest shows, and it's so cool that it pretty much runs constantly. It's not like some of the other shows at Walt Disney World that, you know, oh, you better catch one of the three they're doing that day. This one ran pretty much all day long, um, so it was definitely a really good one to uh, to make sure that you could fit into your day. I loved this show. This was definitely one of my top experiences at Hollywood Studios for as long as I can remember. Um, so I certainly hope that it comes back. I certainly hope that it comes back soon. I don't know how soon because the theater is not that big. So the physical distancing piece would be really tough there. Um, but man, I love this. Jim? I totally agree. Th- this, um, and I think it-, it goes really to the popularity of this show. Um, was originally supposed to run for 18 months. And <laughs> right. It debuted January 7th. I, as you were talking, Don, I looked it up. January 7th, 1992. Um, pretty significant period of time. Um, it, it's awesome. I remember the first time I saw this show, what really 
struck me as amazing other than the Ursula lasers um, was the water curtain that they have and, and, and which works half the time now, but I think it is so good. Yes. The, the story itself is disjointed and some of the songs are out of place. It totally does not matter, <laughs> you know, because people know the storyline enough um, the Ursula animatronic that they have or, or whatever that puppet is, is amazing. That thing is mm-hmm. huge. Um, and uh, Val and, and my mom and sister always make fun of Eric for having the same ridiculous line at the end of the show or, uh, or Ariel, whoever, you know, I, it's always been you. <laughs> um, yep. But it's it's so good. I love this show. Um, it's one of my must-dos at Hollywood Studios every time I'm there. Mm-hmm, absolutely. No matter how many times you go, it just it has that do it again, do it again, do it again factor. A hundred, which is very atypical, at least in my opinion, for a stage show. You know, like it is like indie. I don't care if I ever see it again. <laughs> you know, there there are certain ones that I just. But this one has a, a super cool repeat factor. Factor, um, you know the the lasers, the water they have. I just it's so cool. Absolutely, and I will never forget the time that uh, her tail malfunctions at the at the end when she's supposed to transform into the human. The tail didn't snap off, so the curtains just shut. It was like this production avoids a little bird. And I was like, what just happened? so that was that was always a fun thing to fun story to be able to tell but i love this this is great i give this an eight yeah um see you're you're way more organized with your notes i'd love to know if i gave anything else an eight um in hollywood studios i'm gonna say uh do i want to go eight i'm between a seven and an eight I'll be generous <laughs> since I was so mean to the Walt Disney thing. I'll say an eight. It, it's I love this show. I really, really. Me do. too. So from there, we will rotate back around to Launch Bay, right? Yes. So may I please start? You may. So Launch Bay replaced the the animation building. So here's the thing. The old animation building used to have tons of character meet and greets. Mr. Incredible used to be back there. Sorcerer Mickey used to be back there. Really fun mm-hmm. times. There used to be a wonderful animation academy class that was always packed to the gills. There were times that you would get there before, like five minutes before the show was supposed to start. They would say, we're full. The line starts here for the next show in 45 minutes. And people would be waiting in that line. It was that kind of experience that people knew was awesome and would wait for always people in that building never empty never walked in and thought wow this is a hidden gem because there were always people in it but you know star wars ips come in and they decide we are going to turn this into the star wars launch bay and they got it the animation stuff and they put in star wars meet and greets and star wars crap and yada yada blah blah i will admit i'm not a huge star wars fan so clearly i wasn't super excited about this they did a disney visa card exclusive character uh, photo experience for disney visa card guests which makes you know those folks excited and it's not exclusive for them blah 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 and um i hate it right now none of that's happening because it's a relaxation station so jamie your thoughts <laughs> um yeah i'm not a big star wars 
person either. I I would like to know if COVID didn't happen, if Launch Bay would still be in this world. Um, because it really isn't necessary. I, I mean, you can not with Galaxy's Edge on the other side of the park. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I mean, I I understand theoretically they they didn't want um you know the timelines to be messed up or whatever because that sightline thing so works for Epcot that they're doing right now. <laughs> um, you know, they can't mess up the Star Wars canon, but uh, I just this thing's a waste of space at this point. I mean, I, I don't think I appreciated the, I know I didn't appreciate the, the drawing, you know, in the, in the animation Academy. Um, Cause I think the first time I did it was, was with you guys when we were out in, in really, yeah, I don't think I ever actually did it before or maybe like once. Um, Cause what struck out at me when I went back there I think it was before I went, it became launch, like right before it became launch bay was the um, almost the, the queue where they had all the pictures um, and it was like the diagonal walls that they have set mm-hmm. up. I remembered that and from like years ago, um, but I, I don't remember doing anything in that area. So I may never have done the actual animated animation Academy or, or anything like that, but. Um, I, I mean, I, I like the Val and I did the dessert party <laughs> for the Galactic <laughs> Spectacular. I mean, that's cool in that area, but I, I just, I, I as much as I try, I just don't get into the whole Star Wars thing. And with Galaxy's Edge being open, um, it, it says something that this is a relaxation station now. I, I mean, oh, totally. That, that now, you know, granted, I understand there's there's characters, then you can't do the meet and greet now, but. I mean, it's essentially a huge building for a few meet and greets. And this is just a complete waste of space. And I think this area will be the next thing to get bulldozed at some point, you know, clearly way post COVID. But um, yeah, other than that, I didn't think Launch Bay was long for this world, but we shall see. I, I, I don't even know what to rate this thing. Uh, honestly, a th- I'd probably go a a two because I just don't care about it. Yeah, I'll go two as well because it's air conditioned. <laughs> so it got the bonus. <laughs> it got the AC yeah. It would have been bump. a one otherwise. <laughs> otherwise, it would have been a one. But because you have air conditioning, we'll give you a two. All right, now and then we have one more for this area, Donna. The one thing I wanted to ask you is. Is it fair to go with the pre-COVID Disney Junior dance party? Do you want to hear something really funny? Sure. We never did that one. Even though I specifically told you you need to do this. I mean, when do I ever listen to you? Oh, yeah. I'm getting a yes. I'm getting a hard. Oh, yes. You're 100%. Okay. I've been corrected. Yes, yes, yes. Andrew's right. We did go. I totally forgot. My bad. Because it was when they the the characters the they did the roadster racers and blah blah blah. And they used to have benches in the back that the older folks, if they chose to, could sit on them. Yes, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. We did do it a few times pre-COVID. Continue. Um see I have a problem trying to separate my memory memories from it and and memories that the show kind of created from actually how good the show is because we have 
the first time we went there, Aiden would have been two, I guess, maybe somewhere around there. Um, may, well, let's see. Did you have Peyton yet? No, she was not there. So then that means Aiden was not quite two. Your children are two years apart. Oh, almost okay. the dang day. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's right. So he he was it only is right. one. Wow, that's crazy. All right. So, uh-huh. anyways, he was it was probably I don't know maybe March. So maybe he was like fifteen, sixteen months. Um, but anyways, we have videos of him first time we were there. All of a sudden, my man is up dancing, loving the show. I couldn't. Jamie, I'm going to stop you right there. He's born in July. Yeah. March is not 15 or 16 months. And what is it? Are you serious right now? I don't feel like doing the math. So 24 months is two years. Yeah. March, April, May, June, July. We take four months away, 20 months old. Okay. Well, like I said, I was just doing quick math. 15, 16. <laughs> 15, 16, 20, somewhere in there. Yeah, whatever. He's under two, evidently. I didn't know how old he was. Anyway. <laughs> and you didn't know your kids were two years apart either, apparently. We you won't know, let Alice in this episode, don't worry. The, the, I actually, because they're so close with their actual birthdays, when I have to take them for a doctor's appointment, I look like a moron or that I'm not their father. <laughs> Because I, I I take that like extra second or two pause just to confirm that you're saying the right date, and I'm like, and I've done it before where I said the wrong birthday, like, and then like I I guess they I don't know didn't care or weren't really paying attention, and then I step away and I'm like, I don't think I said the right birthday, <laughs> but anyways, nevertheless, um. We have videos of him dancing. I actually had to pull him like from going on the stage. Um, like, like he had a, a cast member a little, you know, got their knickers in a twist a little bit. But um, so I think the area is actually really well done. I'm not a huge fan of the having um, everybody sit on the floor. Um, but I, I guess there's really not too much it can actually do about that unless they had like benches that were super spaced out um but i think yeah because i want the kids to get up and play so yeah, yeah. like I, I can i can understand that it's just it is a super uncomfortable floor so <laughs> it is like you're sitting straight on the cement oh, it's pretty bad it's anthony always sits on my lap did you say andrew or anthony anthony oh. always sits on my lap he like literally mama sit down mama sit down i'll sit on your lap I'm like sure you will kid of course you will why not oh yeah, your butt hurts after getting up when you get up on that. It's just, <laughs> but it, it's the the one that you know we did because I haven't done the the plain dance or whatever it's called now. Um, but you've watched the live feed a million times that I've done. Yeah, that's true. I don't think it's as good. I would say as the original one. Um, with it's a lot shorter. It's only nine minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, because of the, uh, I guess the the. DJ, whatever her name is, would be an equity actor or an equity performer. Um, I would imagine so, but they still have the DJs. Yeah, but they could just be anybody. They could be a. They don't talk, do they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. 
maybe they and they actually before the show begins they're doing a lot of entertainment before the show i think because there's a couple of djs that we really like and there's one dj we walk in we're like oh (laughs) then i wonder why they would would change it why not go back to the original i think it was because the dj before used to go through the crowd like from the back to the front and then remember the second person there used to be two people on stage not just the dj there was somebody else who had the camera and they'd walk around with yes. the camera for the kids they'd have the kids touch the ipad now it's just one um dj on stage and then one fuzzy character comes out and the only time that more than one fuzzy character comes out is at the very end all four come out but you can see they're like in specific spots on the stage as to be distanced from one another and then they leave in a certain order okay all right well and they probably had to cut it for length but i i, I mean it almost made me want to watch the lion guard because uh, that zukazama <laughs> song is awesome it's so funny you said that we just started that this weekend because anthony has a lion guard toy that he just dug out of a closet and discovered that my sister had sent him forever ago and we were like do you want to see where this is from so we watched lion guard for the first time yesterday and we showed him the lion king movie when he was up at 6 30 this morning i was like what on a movie <laughs> he watched the lion king and poked me until i finally decided i would get up and talk to him nice well good. but yeah no so that's really cute and it's it's still it's still the, those four characters it's still doc mcstuffins and it's still uh vampirina and timon and mickey roadster racer you know dress up okay. as a roadster racer it's those four that come out but the scenes are significantly shorter um and there's not additional you know on the side screens it's all coming back to me now we definitely went when you told me to uh, on the side screens where they used to have like different characters from the shows on the screens they don't do any of that anymore okay it's literally like a presentation of these are the four friends that are here let's see them then let's go well you know what almost if if they were going to go back to the original version like i i could almost see a hybrid version where maybe it does cut down on the length a little bit because there are some parts of it where I think it drags a little bit, but I agree. all in all, I think it's a really fun show. Um, something for, for younger kids to do in a park that does not have a ton for them to do. So for sure. All right, Donna, I've given, I think my scores first for all of them. Why don't you wrap it up and tell me your score first? This is really cute. Both the old version and the newer version. My only knock on the newer version is something that they can't, change right now and that is capacity we've walked back a couple of different times and been told you know five minutes seven minutes before the show hey we're sorry we're full we're at capacity and that really stinks to hear because that's you know as we sort of talked about it's tucked away and it's it's a decent walk and then to have to say oh sorry anthony well you know let's go do something else kind of stinks so we didn't get to do that the last time we tried two different shows and both were um both were full so we weren't gonna stand there it's just for an eight minute show we're not gonna stand there for 20 minutes beforehand 30 minutes absolutely and one other point that i I wanted to make that i was just thinking about while you're talking other than the fact that they brought back the um hollywood and vine this is the only place on property that you can see these characters in a post-covid world without the cavalcades Oh, I was just going to say that the two of them are in the cavalcade. Right. So, but that was only brought because of COVID. So, but anyways, let's go ahead and wrap up. What's your score? Oh, man. I think I have to at least rate it what I rated the Walt Disney Theater. So I think I got to give the six. I was going to say a five. I would, I would do this over Star Tours, I think. You think? I take it back. I know I would want to do this over Star Tours. 
I am getting Andrew Sholem to calculate our current numbers. Hold, please. I know your your the suspense is killing you. And I'm going to try to do the math right because I just called you out for not doing your math correctly. So I don't want to make a mistake. Uh, so, all right. Well, while Don is doing that, instead of having dead air, I will say with the next time that we revisit our Hollywood Studios rankings, we will be finishing up with the um, second to newest land, I guess you could say, the Toy Story Land um, expansion, which I'm super excited for because that, I think, is a really cool area in the park. And I'd love to hear Donna's opinions on it. Um, as well three attractions in that area so i have our numbers uh launch bay tanked tanked animation courtyard because launch bay was a two yeah and then you know we had a couple things you know three things that came in in the five five point five range and then voyage of the little mermaid was sitting there at the eight but the average was 5.2 5.2 for animation courtyard okay and i think that's fair especially now because we're also including Voyage of the Little Mermaid, which is closed, although I guess the, the counterpoint to that is so is Launch Bay. So without those things, we'd be at 11, we'd be at 16 divided by 3, so slightly higher, but not a whole ton. Yeah, which I think is fair. More than fair for that area if it was just Disney Junior and the uh, Walt Disney Theater Presents, but we both love uh, Voyage of the Little Mermaid, and that um, <laughs> store next to it is also super cute. Yes, the, very the much so. Store, I think it's called. Sometimes they'll have animators sitting in there, or I should say animators, artists sitting in there doing different art and selling their artwork, which I always think is so cool. Yeah. So good. Take us home, Donna. All right. Well, next week, I believe there's a couple of asterisks behind this because we might have a schedule change. But I do believe the plan for next week is that my husband, Andrew, will be co-hosting the show. I'm not sure how much I'll be on it. I know you'll all miss me terribly. But this will be Andrew and Jamie's bromance date. So let's just say that when we finished our episode about, you know, the best Valentine's Day dates, both of the boys were like, well, that was for the girls. We want something for us. And his Jamie's wife, Val, in a, in a couple choice words, told him that he should go ahead and plan his dream date with Andrew. And they said, we will so next week i believe you will hear from the boys for their bromance dream date at the walt disney world resort if you have any suggestions for them or if you want to tell jamie that he's a terrible husband you're welcome to message us on the circus 71 facebook page or send us a message through anchor as always we hope you have a great week and we'll see you 